Welcome, screensavers. I'm Michael Gallup. I'm Matt Sturdivant. I'm Tyler Sutkus. Together, we host the Silver Screensavers Podcast, a show about the world of cinema and a celebration of our love of movies. And we want to hear from you most of all, so please write to us at silverscreensaverspod at gmail.com. Please rate and review on Apple Podcasts and now Spotify. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at ScreensaversPod. And our Facebook is Silver Screen Savers Podcast. Guys, you know what the coolest part about today is? Is that we have a very special guest. We got Joey from the Soul Wizard Podcast. Joey, say hi to the t- people. Tell us a little bit about your show. What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for having me here. I really appreciate it. Uh, yeah, uh, my name's Joey. I'm the host of the So Wizard Podcast. Uh, we've been podcasting for almost eight years at this point. Uh, every week, we talk about nerdy movies, TV shows, and review them, as well as supplementing that content on our YouTube channel with interviews, more reviews, trailer reactions, unboxings, and all that good stuff. So. That, that's what we've been doing for a long time. So I'm, I'm here. I'm ready to rock and roll with you guys and talk some movies. Thank you so much. And yeah, everybody, please check them out. I love them. Matt loves them. Tyler loves them. So does anybody else who ever listens to them. That's a lot of pressure. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. You're already batting a thousand. So even if you go down a little, not too bad. Joey is joining us to discuss our most anticipated movies of 2022. And to review the first new release of 2022, the 355. But before we go to that, I just wanted to take a second to recognize the life and recent death of Sidney Poitier, who is just a titan of American movies and acting. He's one of the most fascinating careers to track as it went along. You really can't say enough about this guy. I would ask that you guys please just keep his work alive by checking it out. Keep talking about it. Keep reviewing it. All that kind of stuff. Uh, and a couple more people here. Peter Bogdanovich we lost, who's an excellent director. Last picture show, Paper Moon, had a very prolific and long career. And guys, we also lost Bob Saget, a comedian, star of Full House, a unique personality that I think no one can take the place of. Were you guys Full House watchers? I was it when I was younger. I haven't watched it since I, since I turned like 18, but... No, I was not a big Full House guy. I, it came out at a weird time when in my life, so I was too young. I was too old for TJI Friday type stuff. Uh, that was way too young for me. Um, but I will say Bob Saget and the also late great Norm MacDonald teamed up on a fantastic, criminally underrated film called Dirty Work, uh, which you may or may not have seen. Uh, and it's absolutely hilarious a nuclear box office bomb that i don't think you can even get on physical media at this point but definitely worth every penny that's one of my favorite comedies of all time chris farley has one of the most like all-time chaotic just like he's his skin is about to fly off because of how much energy he has in that movie yeah I, i'd second that recommend it's cool tyler are you a full house guy I used to watch Full House. I'm a Fuller House guy. That's that's uh, a lie. I'm not, I never watched it. It's like in a Fuller House. No, I I used to watch Full House. See, my my sisters would watch it. So when I came home from school, it'd be on. Matt, did something happen on your 18th birthday that you just like were blind to Full House after that? It it was like a switch flipped in my head. You know, it's like nope, can't watch this anymore. You stopped looking up to Stavros. Did you, yeah. you go? Did you go out? Did you go out partying with Jody Sweeten or something? Did something happen? To you? <laughs> something like that. Oh God. Uh, well, we 
we love Bob Saget and his, his comedy, his career is going to live on, but we're certainly going to miss him. All right, now we're going to throw to our weekly watch list. This is where we tell you what we've been watching this week, so you can check it out. Joey, have you been watching anything cool this week? Um, I, you know, it's it's kind of sad. My life is not very exciting. I know the life of an exciting, popular podcaster you would think was just movies, lights, camera, action all the time. No, mostly I just watch what we're going to be watching on the podcast that week. That's really all I have time for. So I finished uh, all of the Wheel of Time for Amazon. That's our big review coming up. Uh, and I'm not going to give away what I thought of it, but we did get press access to it early from Amazon uh, earlier in the year. So maybe that colored my feelings of it. it. It was fun to get a screener of it early and it says your name right across the screen on it as you're watching it. It was a really surreal experience, which probably made me like it more because I'm egotistical like that. But <laughs> uh, mostly I watched uh, the new episode of Attack on Titan season four, part two. Part two. I don't know what two is in Japanese. I'm sorry, but part two of season four. Uh, it was phenomenal. I'm not going to go into it with spoilers. Uh, I don't know if you guys are big anime fans, but Attack on Titan's phenomenal. Even if you haven't been a big anime guy your whole life, if you like cyberpunk or just uh, action, sci-fi type stuff, uh, it's great. It's really good. It takes crazy twists. Um, what you think you're getting into by the end of season one, I couldn't even conceptualize it if i just jumped ahead to the end of season four so it's so different from where it starts but it's great it came off really well with that first episode and the other thing i watched was uh of another comfort food of mine i always watch evangelion that's always my background stuff that's my comfort food but uh i watched the hunt 2020 uh with my daughter i picked that up real cheap on blu-ray and that's uh was one of my favorite movies of 2020 and it's hilarious so we definitely i wanted to make her check that out can I just ask quickly, is that movie worth, like, the controversy that it stirred up? I mean, I really liked it, but I, I don't think it's as controversial as people made it out to be. Hmm, you know? Interesting. It's funny. It takes the piss out of both sides of political arguments, and it's just fun and goofy and gory. Hmm. Oh, good. The Hunt. Matt, what about you? Um, so I, I polished off Cobra Kai Season 4 in, like, three days. Um, Cobra Kai, it just, that show just keeps getting better as, as the season goes on or as each season goes by. And it's, it's better in, in like a way, it's such a unique way. Cause it's so campy and the dialogue is some of the dialogue is just so cheesy, but it balances that very well with like really seemingly well thought out character development. Um, I mean, by this point, each of the characters is like f flipped sides at least once but for legitimate reasons. Um, it's got some really good payoffs um, to plot threads from the previous season as well as new ones that are set up this season. And it does set itself up pretty good for uh, at a pretty big cliffhanger, and it's got me foaming at the mouth for another season that I'm going to have to wait a year for at least, probably. Although I heard that it, season five was already greenlit, and that they're, I think they're filming it or they're going to be filming it soon. So who knows, maybe sooner than later, hopefully. Excellent. Tyler, you got anything? So I watched The Tender Bar. Oof. Um, which, yeah, I warned you not to, and then you did. Yeah, I, I thought you were just lying, and I should have taken your word for it. It's, it's, Are you saying you swept, you swiped right on The Tender Bar? <laughs> That's exactly right. It was a you know, very not long movie, I think an hour and like 45 minutes, but that was a long hour and 45 minutes. 
just just very uninteresting movie. I like I feel like that book shouldn't have been like how how did someone read that and be like this would make a great movie? People are gonna love re- <laughs> like watching this happen. How long into it until you hit up on the remote to see how much was left? Um, probably like thirty minutes. <laughs> I mean, okay, yeah. that's not that's not too bad. That's not too bad. I've had worse. I've had worse. Oh, was uh, is I feel bad. Is that the only thing that you got to watch this week? <laughs> I I watched the uh, the Book of Boba Fett episode two. Oh, okay, <laughs> so, that was good. <laughs> yeah, well, I got one old one, one new one for you guys. Uh, the old one I watched is I watched the The Hills Have Eyes from 1977. It's about a family traveling in the desert who run into who hill dwelling cannibals. Written and directed by Wes Craven, one of his really early movies. Um, this, this is good. It's not my favorite Wes Craven, but I still admired it a lot. It makes the most of its desert hill setting. Uh, John Steadman gives this really convincing, like horrifying monologue in the middle of the movie. It's a big exposition uh, dump, but it like works as a story. So I, I definitely forgive it. Um, there's an interesting character named Ruby, played by Janice Blythe who's like torn between these two existences of like regular human and cannibal. And it was like way more of a complex character than needed to be in this Hill Dwelling Cannibal movie. So I appreciated that. It's one of the best horror movie uses of dogs. Dogs are often like just these siren calls of like, oh, danger is coming things. Uh, But the dogs in this movie are, are used in a super cool way. This original isn't nearly as disgusting as like the remakes seem to have the reputation of. Uh, but still very effective. And my new one is also the tender bar, unfortunately. <laughs> this is a, a Clooney direction. I, I would, on another episode, I'd really like to have a discussion about Clooney's directing because it's it's taken so many... Uh, in, interesting and in how uninteresting it has been is what I'll say. <laughs> This is written by William Monaghan, who wrote The Departed. I would never guess that the person who wrote The Departed wrote this movie. Uh, This is based, like Tyler said, on the memoir by J.R. Moringer. Uh, This cuts between two time periods. You get one of young J.R. played by Daniel Ranieri, who I think did a really good job. He's grown up with a single mom, his cool uncle, Ben Affleck, who works in the neighborhood bar. Ben Affleck and Tyler, you can agree or disagree with me. He got an assignment, and he completed it effectively. He was told to play a character, and he played it. He did play it. He played it well. I just thought it's very odd choice of, like, the way he used his voice. I don't even know how to describe it. Yeah. Just, like, if, if, if I heard a clip from that, I would never guess it was Ben Affleck talking. Yeah, the, everyone in that first part was okay. The thing really falls apart when you get to older <laughs> JR, who is played by Ty Sheridan. Ty Sheridan having a rough year. Um, (laughs) he goes to Yale this section I just got more and more annoyed with this movie until it was just like peeving me off there's a scene where a young woman takes JR home to her parents house he hasn't met the parents her parents are in bed it's nighttime, and they like sneak up to the bedroom to be quiet and then she's just like moaning while they're doing it like really loud and you know that the parents can hear it and like why would you moan that loudly so that your parents can hear you doing it in the middle of the night, especially after you made the effort to sneak quietly so that they wouldn't hear you? I didn't get this at all. And then this whole movie is so yellow. Tyler, I don't know if you noticed this. 
every scene is just like bathed. It's like you're swimming in butter. It's so yellow, <laughs> I which I, I guess like adds a bit to the nostalgia, but it's overwhelming. Uh, yeah, not not a big fan of the tender bar. I think some people would, but not me. I need to call out Ty Sheridan. No charisma. I need to see something that I'm not just completely bored out of my mind whenever he's on screen. <laughs> Yeah, even the card counter earlier this year, the which is a movie that that we liked, we just, we just didn't like him in that. And if you've ever seen him in the movie Joe, which is maybe from like ten years ago when he was a younger kid, he has he has so much life to him in that movie. And I don't know, I I like him. I just I don't know what's going on lately. Oh, that's Ready Player One, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Fuck. That. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hope, hopefully, it gets better. Um, I don't see him any of our most anticipated movies, though. So let's move to that now. We've each picked five. Uh, if you can guess, I'm, I'm probably going to give more than five. But we're going to do our top fives most anticipated of the year. There's a lot of stuff coming out this year, as there is every year. And I'm very excited for it. Joey, would you mind kicking us off with your number five? All right. My number five uh, is the next movie from Jordan Peele, which is called Nope. Uh do we know anything about this movie? No. Nope. 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 <laughs> but I, I feel like he's earned the right to let me show up day one for what he's going to do, as long as he's sticking to this genre stuff. Um, I loved Us. I loved Get Out. It's, it's an absolute masterpiece. Um, Us is fantastic ideas that don't quite come together. And the more you think about it, it really doesn't come together. But it looks fantastic, and it's fun as hell to watch. I really like both his movies. At this point, I'm still there. Anytime he's got an idea that's somewhere in the wheelhouse of things I like, I'm going to be there day one. So, uh, yeah, nope is number five for me. So, really quick, what are your thoughts on his Twilight Zone, then? I didn't watch a single episode of it. It was really <laughs> Now that bad. I just said that, <laughs> I, I didn't watch a single episode of it. I, I don't have the streaming service that it was oh. on. and. You're... If it's any consolation, you're not missing a lot. Oh yeah. What was was it on Peacock or was it on Paramount it on Plus? Which one? CBS was it? before it became Paramount Plus. Oh god, CBS All Access. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I had that for football for one season and it worked like ass. So I just <laughs> really didn't like watching stuff. It's re- it, that was a really bad show. The first episode was like okay, and then everyone after that was like laughably bad. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those shows that's like. You once they got the license to use the f word, they're like, we just have to use it as much as possible, even when when it's you're like talking to your grandmother or something like that. I find it odd that they felt the need to bring that back when Black Mirror is basically that, just like a a modern day version of the Twilight Zone. So it's odd to bring it back. Eh, name recognition, maybe. Hmm. I'm never opposed to another anthology series, but not that one. Matt, what's your number five? Number five and. Don't don't laugh at me. I, I gotta say Morbius. Get, get only, out. <laughs> only, uh, but my justification for that is because I'm tired of having to watch the trailer before every movie, <laughs> like I've been for the last two years. Yeah, like I just want to, for better or worse, I just want to see it and see, you know, hope for the best. Just gotta pull that bandaid off. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's over. Um. Well, I'm, I'm glad you didn't say it was because you joined a cult in the woods with Jared Leto <laughs> as the leader. Um, you guys just watch Morbius nonstop for weeks at a time. Oh, man. Um, I did look it up a little bit when I was doing my notes here just because I 
but beyond just the surface level, like obviously knowing who Mor- Morbius is and stuff, I didn't know much about the production of this movie. Um, so it was, it's directed by this guy, Daniel Espinoza, who I didn't recognize any of the other movies that he ever did. Um, Life, Child 44, and Safe House. I don't know if anyone's ever seen those. Um, Is that the then, Ryan Reynolds film? The Alien one? Um, oh, yeah, 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 I think so. Safe House, no, oh, Safe House son. is the Ryan Reynolds one. But, um, and then it's written by the guy that created Lost in Space for Netflix, which I didn't see that, but I, I heard, I mean, so I can't, I don't really have an opinion on that. The It wasn't very good. Yeah. Um, the Power Rangers movie from a few years ago, and Gods of Egypt, so. <laughs> so stacked uh, filmography there. Yeah, so I'm keeping my expectations very low and hoping to be pleasantly surprised. But again, I'm just tired of seeing the same trailer after every movie. I remember back when I was still working at Hot Topic, like right before the pandemic, they were showing the promo for that movie (laughs) on like the TV in the store. And here we are two years later, just about. That's how I feel about the Jackass trailer. I feel like I've been seeing that in theaters for like two whole years. <laughs> um, one one thing though is if any of the I don't know how true the rumors are that they they're possibly reshooting it since they delayed it after what they did with No Way Home. Although I don't know how many reshoots would necessarily save that movie. <laughs> Just gonna redo the entire movie. Yeah. <laughs> Looks like what it would. They take. saw the reviews of House of Gucci and they're like, Jared, you can't do that voice. <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta redo it. <laughs> Oh man. But yeah, that's my thought. Sun Morbius. Tyler, please redeem this show with your number five. My number five is not that redeeming, I feel. Uh-oh. It's, it, it's fine. It's the Batman. Um, okay. I, I feel like we've gotten so many takes of the Batman in the last couple of years that like it's kind of been like, oh, another one. But this one looks interesting. I'm curious to see where it goes. I always like a movie that like I can watch a trailer and just be like, oh, I'm curious to see what happens like in the movie. So I think it does that well. Curious to see Paul Dano as the Riddler. So um, it's another Batman movie, but who knows? Maybe it'll be the best one. It could be. I, as somebody who's maybe the least excited out of all of us for this, I still think it looks pretty good. I'm interested in it. I'm least. just. I just want to see it to find out what he says to the Riddler in the interrogation room. Uh, <laughs> I'm just baffled by it. how could so many people who listen to that and think, yeah, that's that's understandable. We know what he's saying. <laughs> My number five is a movie called Dark Harvest. This was supposed to come out in September of 21, but I think it got pushed. Um, this is based on an excellent book by Norman Partridge. Every October in a small town, a living scarecrow awakes on Halloween and makes its way toward the town church. Uh, gangs of teenage boys wait in town to find and destroy the Scarecrow to win a ticket out of town. This is directed by David Slade, written by Michael Gillio. Um, I read this book, like I said, I love it. It is exactly what I want as a, a Halloween atmosphere. And it's really surprisingly deep about desperation, heroism, that kind of thing. I haven't really seen or heard much about this movie, so it, it could be a dumpster fire and, you know, I, that could be totally expected. But. I'm excited for it, so we'll see. Is it, do, the, do the boys chant evil dies tonight as they wait at the church? Uh, no. <laughs> They're not, not interesting. <laughs> There's a Twitter account um, 
I think it's called like Tommy Doyle, and he just every day he tweets, "Evil dies in 364 days." Evil dies in 363 days. And he still said it less than he said it in the movie. <laughs> still really baffled by that open mic performance. Just talk about people in the town who were murdered and for your open mic after the mermaids sang Islands in the Stream or whatever they were singing. Joey, what is your number four? All right, my number four might seem a little low to people. Um, none of these movies in my top five are movies that I'm... You could move any of them around. It does, this could be number one. This could be number five. It doesn't really matter. These are all movies I'm pretty pumped for. But it's uh, Thor, Love and Thunder, uh, the next Thor movie from Taika Waititi. Uh, I love Taika Waititi. I think he's fantastic. I thought Thor Ragnarok was amazing. Uh, in definitely my top five MCU movies of all time. So if you take all those pieces and put them back together, I'm super excited. Yeah, I, no arguments from me. I think it'll be great. <laughs> Yeah, agreed. Matt, what's yours? Mine um, is a movie called Don't Worry, Darling. A 1950s housewife living in a utopian experimental community begins to worry that her husband's company may be hiding disturbing secrets. Um, it's directed by Olivia Wilde, written by Katie Silverman, and Carrie and Shane Van Dyke. Um, so Olivia Wilde and Katie Silverman... Uh, their last big hit of a movie was Booksmart from a couple years ago. I, I didn't personally see it, but I know that movie got a lot of acclaim, from what I can recall. Um, and then the other writers, they did some work on Into the Dark, which was the Blumhouse, I think that was the Blumhouse um, Hulu series. Uh, basically, they, I think they were the ones that did, uh, were they the ones that did the horror movie for like every holiday? I can't um, second guessing myself into the now. dark yeah i think that was like a movie of the week kind of thing yeah 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 well either way um the only reason i'm as excited as i am for it though is because it's a uh, vessel for florence Pugh to lead a movie which i can never never go wrong with that um it's also gonna have olivia wilde chris pine and harry styles which he's Ooh. been getting he's been getting some acting work lately I've yet to see much of him besides what was it Dunkirk that he was in? Yeah, but um, and five five seconds of Eternals. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, that's so. <laughs> uh, so um, I mean the premise sounds pretty interesting, but yeah, Florence Pugh is right now the only one really selling it for me. Well, she's going to be coming up again very soon. But Tyler, what's your number four? My number four is a controversial pick. It's the movie Blonde. Oh. <laughs> Ana de Armas as uh, Marilyn Monroe. Um, you know, the, the reason I'm really psyched for this, well, that I'm like, I want to see what it is. I just want to see what movie that like the, these Netflix executives expecting their Oscar bait movie sat down and were like, what the hell is this? (laughs) I really want to see how bad it is. And it's got Ana de Armas. So of course I'll watch it. I don't know if it's... Is it, is it really that bad? Is it supposed to be that bad? I haven't heard anything so about So apparently, movie, so. like, the Netflix executives sat down for the screening and were so disgusted by what they saw that they canceled it. And then they eventually, like, under pressure, gave it back the movie and told him he can display it however he wants. <laughs> they gave yeah, up on it. That's intriguing. Apparently it's just incredibly pornographic, which, you know, Tyler, I'm sure... I'm sure your your number one reason to see it is because you want to see it. Let me let me change my list here. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) Armas and porn. (laughs) 
Yeah, that's based on like a near thousand page book by George Carroll Oates. So uh, interesting that they took it in that direction. Um, speaking of Florence Pugh, my number four is The Wonder. This is based on a book by Emma Donahue. Uh, in the Irish Midlands in 1862, an 11-year-old stops eating but remains alive and well. An English nurse, played by Florence Pugh, arrives in the small village to observe as tourists crowd the area. This is directed by Sebastian Lelio and written by Emma Donahue, Lelio, and Alice Birch. Again, another one I don't know too much about, but sounds incredibly interesting. And Florence Pugh, um, in addition to like being an excellent actress and star, is one of those people that like I feel like when she works on a project, it lends some credence to it. You know, it's not that people don't have misfires sometimes, but uh, she certainly brings that credibility and makes it seem like it's going to be something good. But we'll see. Yeah, just, just wait till Owen Wilson, Julia Roberts, and some ugly kids show up in the after credit scenes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot to mention Marry Me. Excited for Marry Me coming up very soon. You got to let me borrow that graphic novel. I, I got to see what kind of a fever dream that is. I, I would love to talk to, with you about it. Guys, I'm not lying. Every time I see the Marry Me trailer, which is about every time I go to a movie now, I'm so overjoyed that I'm more excited for it. Bring me Marry Me. Joey, what is your number three? Uh, It's not Marry Me, unfortunately. Um, So it's funny we just talked about Florence Pugh because we'll go right back to uh, MCU waifus with uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Mm starring uh surprise spoiler upcoming so wizard podcast best in the worst of 2021 my woman crush of the year um wanda herself wow. elizabeth olsen so i'd watch her read the phone book uh, so whatever uh whatever she wants to do is fine i've heard tons of crazy rumors about this movie i've heard tons of crazy cameos and storylines and they're doing i think eight weeks of reshoots right now uh, which are rumored to actually be because of Elizabeth Olsen. Um, allegedly, this movie didn't test well because they make her into a villain in the movie, and the audience has more or less embraced her <laughs> as one of their favorite heroes in the entire universe after WandaVision. So they said, oh, crap, we got to fix that. But we'll see. Uh, I'm a huge fan of everything that Marvel does, let's be real. So I- I'm all in, man. I am all in on this one. I'm really excited to see what they do for cameos. So. I definitely have to second that. Um, I I definitely want to put that on my list too. But I, I was I, as much as I love Marvel and I'm a Marvel stan, I, I had to try very hard not to just make a whole list of just Marvel stuff because I had a feeling you were gonna your your list was gonna be full of them too. And I and I didn't want to steal your thunder. I tried not to. I did. I tried not to. But it's 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 tough. It is it's important it is. to be yourself. That's right. Yeah. I'm excited for the visual style of this movie. Um, if they can do some cool stuff with that, then you know I think it's worth the price of admission. Well, we haven't seen uh, we haven't seen Sam Raimi do anything really since that shitty uh, Oz movie with James Franco. So, oh yeah. Oh, that's right. Uh, hope, yeah, hopefully we'll see him uh, come back to form on this. Yeah, maybe. a big budget and they'll let him go wild. Hopefully it's not Spider Man Three again. <laughs> <laughs> Put some dirt in your eye. That's right, Matt. You're number three. Uh, my number three, what did I, oh, the new Scream, which this is an interesting one because a week from now I'll probably know whether I'm going to regret putting this on my list or not. Um, but um, I'm pretty excited for it. It's got it's not Wes Craven, unfortunately, because we all know he passed away a few years ago. But um, 
the two directors behind Ready or Not are at the helm for this one, which has me incredibly excited because I loved Ready or Not. That was a great movie. Yeah, I also loved it. Yeah. I um, It's written by the same, guy, same writers, too. Um, well, one of the same writers and James Vanderbilt, who did Zodiac, the two amazing Spider-Man movies, and the Independence Day sequel. So... That's where I. That's where my confidence starts to waver a little bit with this, but um, I mean, it's got you know it's got the pretty much the whole big three of the Scream franchise: Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, David Arquette. Um, I've been watching rewatching the other Scream movies. I've seen one and two so far, and kind of preparation for this to hopefully get me in the mood. Um, I'm pretty stoked for a hit for this. Uh, Hopefully it'll be the first hit of this year, not to give away too much about our later review, but uh Yeah. So you're you're you were tired of seeing the Morbius trailer, but you're not tired of seeing the Scream trailer every five minutes. Well, here's my here's my prediction for the Scream trailer. That first kill is a fake out. Probably. I mean otherwise I mean it'd be kinda dumb for them to just spoil the first kill in the trailer. But that's just my thought. It would. I keep wondering if if what's her face, the the girl in the first scene, does she think that if she just locks the doors enough time, the killer is just gonna like give up? You know, ah, nah, I'm done. All right, this, this, this is too, is much too different. Come on. I put the ghost suit on and everything, but this is too much. Come murder on. will not be happening tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Tyler, how about your number three? My number three is Disappointment Boulevard. Which is Ari Aster's new film, um, supposedly coming out this year, but there's basically no details on this. Um, but Joey, like you were talking about with uh, Jordan Peele, um, this I feel that way about Ari Aster. Him and A24 teaming up, uh, I'm in. Um, he's earned that, so you, there's really nothing known. Apparently it's supposed to be like a horror comedy, which is going to be interesting. Um, uh, Joaquin Phoenix is starring, Meryl Streep's in it. Uh, interesting cast list. And the the um, tagline's really vague. It's like the life of an entrepreneur. Apparently, it's going to be over four hours, according to Ari Aster. So, <laughs> definitely should be interesting. I'm curious to see what it is. Are you more of a hereditary or midsummer kind of guy? I liked Hereditary more personally, yeah. just because that was like one of the most shocking films <laughs> I've ever seen. Yeah, he has this like weird genre of his own, almost where it's I. I don't even always think of it as straight up horror. It's just like dread and disturbingness. Yeah. He has a great atmosphere that he sets yeah, up. I agree. My number three is from another director who's known for making some disturbing things. This is The Whale. It's about a 600 pound man who tries to reconnect with his daughter after leaving the family years earlier for his gay lover. This is directed by Darren Aronofsky, written by Samuel D. Hunter. It is based on Hunter's play of the same name. And this stars Brendan Fraser. Woo! Yeah. Is he the 600 pound man? No, he's the daughter. <laughs> he's the yeah, I, I assume he's the 600-pound man, along with Sadie Sink, Hong Chow, Samantha Morton, who's a, an underrated actress. I Guys, even just to have a Brendan Fraser starring thing, we did see him in a... Oh, God, don't... What was the, the Soderbergh movie? No Sudden movie? Move. No yeah. Sudden Move. With Dudley Do-Right? Yeah, Dudley Do-Right. Encino, man. That's right. 
That movie still feels like a figment of my imagination. (laughs) It just came and went. Which one? No sudden move. (laughs) Yeah, I just forget it exists. Oh, God. I I hate when I can't remember the titles of things, but I I, I was getting it jumbled in my mind. It's the the second movie in two years to have someone dating Julia Fox get shot and killed. Yeah. So I was looking the other day uh, because I was thinking about that movie, and I'm like, oh, does Julia Fox have anything... Uh, up at bat and it does, i don't see anything she seemed like she was really like up and coming for a minute and maybe she'll still will be but uh, i expected something at least from this year or last year kanye will get her there yep that's what i was gonna say <laughs> oh i i'm not privy to any of that <laughs> you guys have to send me the story after <laughs> but yeah the whale i love darren aronofsky i know his movies are sometimes hard to watch um, but he, he takes these really kind of disturbing subjects and infuses like a lot of energy and watchability into them. And at the very least, I'm always interested in what he has to do, even if it's a, an adventure series with either Chris Hemsworth or Will Smith for Nat Geo Wild or whatever he's doing this year. It's just a show of Will Smith looking at like beautiful like environments and be like, wow, that's, that's the show. <laughs> I mean, that's okay. He's getting an Oscar this year. Joey, what's your number two? All right. Well, my number two is not from the Free Willy Cinematic Universe, but <laughs> it is uh, my most – one of my – probably – all right. It, one and two, it's it's tough for me. I almost want to put this number one, but uh, we'll, we'll, you'll see when we get to number one. But uh, it's uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Uh, I am a huge Spider-Man fan, and – the original Into the Spider-Verse is amazing. It's a six out of five movie for me. And the fact that we've got a sequel now with one of my favorite Spider-Man spinoff characters, Spider-Man 2099. Uh, I'm just I'm besides myself. I cannot wait for this movie to come out. Everything looks great so far. I hope it's going to be more like the first and not a cloudy with a chance of meatballs two situation. So... <laughs> We'll see, but uh, everything looks good so far, and Spider-Man and Sony are on a roll right now, Morbius aside, so we'll uh, we'll yeah. see what happens, but that's definitely my second most anticipated. Fun fact about Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs is that I have family that lives quite a few states over from me, and when I was a child, I took a couple of trips that were about 20-hour car rides, so we would do it in like two days, and... One of the movies that we watched on repeat, and when I say on repeat, I mean maybe like seven times in one trip, was Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. So I, I have had my fill for life with Cloudy with <laughs> a Chance of Meatballs. Matt, how about your number two? All right, my number two. I put the Batman in at number two. Um, <clears throat> reason I'm excited for it, um, I mean, the been seeing the trailers for a while now and the trailers have me hyped i've been hyped for this since like the the first like leaked photos of of our pats on the bat on the bat bike or whatever i've been hyped for this movie for a while now and i'm glad it's finally about to come out um but i like i said i am tired of seeing the trailers i just want to see it for better or worse um i've i'm very confident about it um but my biggest take on it is i really hope the batman goes up to the riddler and does his little Batman voice and is like, I drink your milkshake. I drink it up. <laughs> oh, 
God, that was terrible. <laughs> that was awful. Yeah, that was. That was my so best. Um, sorry, that was my best DDL impression <laughs> as Batman. I think it's tough to do a Daniel Day Lewis impression because he's always like a completely different person in every movie. I don't think I actually know what his voice sounds like. You know what I think would be interesting for the next Batman? Don't tell us who it is. Just the whole movie. We're we're like Gotham. We don't know. We're trying to figure out who it is. Who are you? I'm Vengeance. <laughs> yeah, the Batman. I'm sure we'll definitely be talking about that. Tyler, what's your number two? Uh, my number two is my list is over here. It is the Northman. Um, is it the Northman or the Northman? The Northman. You know, I'm reading it. <laughs> the Northman. Um, I think I mentioned on the last episode. I'm a sucker for Norse mythology and stuff like that, Viking shit. So, uh, I'm I, I'm very excited for this. I mean, I, the one trailer was enough. I really don't need to see any more. I'll go see it. I like Eggers and his films in the past. So I'm very curious to see how this one is. Yeah, I think this is kind of like enough said trailer. You're either in or you're out after the first trailer. We don't need this uh, this Spider-Man No Way Home 8 trailers released before yeah. the movie comes out. Which, like we've said, I they didn't need all those. People were either going to see it or they weren't. But the worst um, part is we saw eight trailers with Doc Ock in it. And then Doc Ock comes on and the theater's like, whoa! Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, it's Dr. Octopus! <laughs> yeah, what a time that was. Yes, absolutely. What a three times it was for you. I only, I only saw it twice. Oh, twice. I, I would have rather seen it a third time. But but I'm not, I'm not gonna I'm not going to get ahead of us here. Yeah. My number two is a movie called Poor Things. This is about a woman drowns herself to escape her abusive husband. But the an uplifting tale. But the father <laughs> replaces her brain with the brain of their unborn child. I'll tell you why I'm excited for it. One, because of that riveting premise. <laughs> Two, because this is directed by Yorgos Lanthimos, who I adore to the moon and back. Uh, especially his two best movies, The Lobster, which broke my brain when I saw it, and Dogtooth, which is <laughs> one of the darkest, funniest comedies I have ever seen. Uh, this is written by Tony McNamara, based on the novel by Alasdair Gray. Um, it stars, get this, Emma Stone, returning, work, worked with him in The Favorite, Willem Dafoe, Rami Youssef, Mark Ruffalo, Gerard Carmichael, and Margaret Qualley. Uh, it makes me a little weary that, that Yorgos didn't write this one, um, but I am excited for it nonetheless. I mean, just, just read that log line and bask in its possibilities. The brain of an unborn child. Joey, what's your number one? Well, poor things I thought was going to be about podcasters, but... Uh, <laughs> it could be. We don't know. It could be. Yeah, seriously. Now, my number one, all right, this is going to be controversial, and you guys can laugh, and you can make fun of me all you want. My favorite director of all time is finally going to come back and take the crown of the most popular movie of all time. That's right. James Cameron's <laughs> Avatar yeah. 2. Um, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I'm pining for the Avatar saga or the Avatar storyline or I could even remember what half the name of the characters are. But I will tell you, I love James Cameron. You never count out James Cameron. And I am pumped to the gills to see what crazy tech he's bringing to the table. 
I know part two is supposed to involve some kind of insane underwater mocap thing he's been working mm. on, where all the actors had to learn to hold their breath for up to 10 minutes to film scenes. And it's it just sounds insane. And I know he's going to knock it out of the park. Even if the movie sucks, storyline-wise, it's going to look fantastic. And it's going to be a blast to see in IMAX 3D. So Avatar 2, as long as it actually comes out this year, is my number one movie. I'd be shocked if it did come out this year. Also, <laughs> be nice. I just I just find it funny that like that movie jump started Sam Worthington's career and his career died before the second one is even come. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, you're getting no gripes from me. I'm right there with you. Like, I, all right, good. You just can't you can't bet against James Cameron. Um, this, you know, I've mentioned it before. The man who got the highest grossing movie ever and then just broke his own record. Um, so yeah, I, I'm excited for it. Again, Avatar, not my favorite movie ever, but I I was definitely wowed by it when I first saw it, and I think I'll be equally wowed by this one. Matt, what's your number one? Uh, my number one is is gonna cross over with Joey again. It's the <clears throat> or cross over with Joey the first time, but either way, Thor: Love and Thunder. <laughs> um, I'm also a huge fan of Taika Waititi. Um, what we do in the shadows, Jojo Rabbit, are just some of my favorite movies of all time the way he kind of blends humor with sometimes like well at times very dark subject matter he like he just does this he has this way of like blending humor sincerity and action all into the same movie in a lot of ways um probably i'm definitely of all the marvel releases this year i'm definitely most hyped for this one thor ragnarok was fantastic um very curious to see how they continue it um, and of course, the addition of Christian Bale, um, another pro- prolific actor into the Marvel fold, can't go wrong with that. I wonder if he's actually like gonna morph himself into an alien, <laughs> like he, like he's known to do these drastic body changes for all his roles. He's actually playing the hammer in this. Movie. Oh, I thought it was Gore the God Butcher. No. 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 <laughs> oh, oh, I got you. I got you. <laughs> But yeah, um, that's definitely my number one. All right, two for Thor Love and Thunder. Tyler, what do you got for number one? My number one is Martin Scorsese's next film, Killers of the Flower Moon. Um, I, which the, the premise here is members of the Osage tribe in the United States are murdered under mysterious circumstances in the 1920s, sparking a major FBI investigation involving J. Edgar Hoover. Um, this is, like I think, the sixth movie between... Um, Scorsese and DiCaprio and usually they knock it out of the park so I'm pumped for that it's got Jesse Plemons who I love and everything he's in uh, Robert De Niro and actually I think for his first time acting they got um, Jason Isbell who's one of my favorite musicians right now so I'm pumped to see him he's starring alongside Sturgill Simpson which is very cool Um, but just some of like the supporting cast you got Brendan Fraser which is great (laughs) John Lithgow um really all i know but um i'm really pumped to see i love scorsese so can't wait to see how this one turns out so so who are the, who's playing j edgar hoover in this one if it's not dicaprio this time <laughs> he's not he's not on the cast list so i'm not sure it's no one is listed as him. is it gonna be a hologram of j edgar hoover maybe yeah they're gonna they're gonna cgi j edgar hoover into it <laughs> I, I've read this book, who I, I believe it's by David Grant. It's a really great book, very fascinating, especially if you're into sort of investigation into crime. 
um, definitely go check out that book before the movie comes up. My number one movie is another one I don't know much about, and I am praying to God that it comes out this year, but this is Babylon. Here's the one reason I'm excited for this. This is written and directed by Damien Chazelle, who is just one of my absolute favorite directors. Whiplash, La La Land, which is maybe my favorite movie ever. It's up in the upper echelon. And First Man, which I think is underrated. And I just want another one from him. Uh, it's been since 2018 since we got a Damien movie, but I am pumped for decades more of his stuff. This is a tale of old Hollywood, the golden age, it's the cast has like moved around quite a bit. I think at one point he was supposed to reunite with Emma Stone, but as of right now, this is gonna star Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie, Lee Jun Lee, Catherine Watterson, Flea is in this. Eric Roberts is in this. We talked about Eric Roberts last <laughs> week. Go check out our PTA episode. But that is my star name. of Dead or Alive. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you for that. Definitely. That's my number one, Babylon. Now, I, I'm going to name some other movies, and you guys can stop me at any point to say yay or nay or make a comment. Okay. I've got some collective picks for us. Obviously, ones we've already talked about, The Black Phone, which was delayed. Yep. Uh, Ambulance, which we're, we're going to discontinue our countdown for now. <laughs> I just want to say, I was sitting in the theater for this god-awful 355. <laughs> spoiler, spoiler on this. Spoilers. Spoiler. But I I got so pumped for the ambulance trailer, I almost shouted, you don't get to walk off into the sunset alongside with <laughs> yeah, I, I also saw the ambulance trailer before the 355, and I want to... Did anyone else who has seen it since it got delayed notice that like the font looks so weird when it says coming in April now, or when it says oh, coming in notice. April? Like it looks no. like they just slapped some, like some like Times New Roman font. Like they spent saying... every penny of that ad budget on the trailer. <laughs> they had not. They couldn't even afford Arial font. Yeah, it was. It just it it looked wonky to me. I mean, obviously they slapped must have slapped it on last minute when they delayed it, but. At least it wasn't Comic Sans. So. <laughs> that would have been or, terrible. Or Wingdings, I suppose. <laughs> we also want Deep Water. We demand yes. Deep Water. Deep I, Water. I, I I, I, every it. time I'm at the theaters, I just chant Deep Water until I play it. And they never I do. need Adrian Lyon. I don't know like what the plan is for releasing this thing. I don't know why it was pulled. I just think it's a load of crap, and I want it. And I need Disney's it, and like, I people can't see boobs. That's, yeah. that's <laughs> I will throw a temper tantrum if we don't get it soon. Uh, and I want to present you guys with our last collective pick. Let me, let me break this one down for you. Here's, here's the log line. Sherman falls in love with Will's mom. Here's who it's supposed to star. Oh, I, 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 know, I know where you're going with this. Jack Black and Ice Cube. The title? Oh, hell no. <laughs> Reportedly, Ice Cube has dropped out of this because he didn't want to get a COVID vaccine. So I don't... <laughs> <laughs> They told if him if you're not gonna get a vaccine to star in Oh Hell No, what are you gonna get? No, that's they named they named it after his reaction when they told him he had to get a vaccine. Yeah. <laughs> oh hell this no. Is... <laughs> Sherman falls in love with Will's mom. I'm wondering who's Sherman and who's or who was supposed to be Sherman and who's supposed to be Will. I wanna know. I'm saying if if they don't replace 
Ice Cube soon. We don't get this movie this year. I will throw a second temper tantrum, which will be even more stormy than the first one. All right, we're also getting another Marvel, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, other superhero stuff, Black Adam, The Flash, Aquaman, and The Lost Kingdom. As far as animated stuff, we're getting Turning Red and Lightyear from Pixar. We're getting uh, the Bad Guys movie, which I've read that first book. Uh, it's pretty entertaining. Matt, you sent us that trailer one time. What were your thoughts on that? I don't remember which one that was, I'll be honest. <laughs> that was the Sam Rockwell is Mr. Wolf. and Oh, that yeah, 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 yeah. They're bad guys, but they decide to be good guys. Uh, I still don't remember much about that trailer. I watched, <laughs> I watched it once, I'm like... Very memorable. I'll, I'll throw it into the pile of movie news. Uh, That's just one of those trailers where I'm just so happy my kids have aged out of watching that shit. So. <laughs> Wait, so you didn't have to go to see Sing 2? No, I, I wouldn't have seen Sing 2 if you put a gun to my head. So. I, I noticed that they put out a very a much more like conventional trailer for Sing 2. They definitely received backlash for that, just like avant-garde. I don't even know what that was, that first trailer. That was definitely Bono's cut of the trailer. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. We're getting a Bob's Burgers movie. Uh, we're getting allegedly. Allegedly, we'll see. That was we're on my a... list of runner-ups. I'm I'm really excited for that when it ever drops. Um, I'm I'm uh, lukewarm on that. We're getting an adaptation of Lyle Lyle Crocodile. Can't wait. We're getting Strange World from Disney Animation. I've I've maybe we can have a conversation sometime about like the bridging of the gap between Disney Animation and Pixar. Uh, I'm interested in that. And guys, the Super Mario movie. Uh, is that is it going to be this year? A, I think so. It could be. A lot I'll say every for everything on these lists. It's a uh, it's up in the air. We're it not entirely sure. Is it going to be one of those things where they put out the trailer and Mario just has super weird teeth like Sonic and they're like, you have to change <laughs> that. You can't. <laughs> Did you guys look at Mario before you designed this? Well, he's going to he's going to have Chris Pratt's voice. So it's going to be uh, weird uh, enough. Uh, he's also just going to be designed after Chris Pratt. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Let's uh, go to my weird to church. <laughs> <laughs> At least it's not live action. That's right. It could be worse. Speaking of Chris, here's here's a list of sequels we're getting. Jurassic World Dominion. This is where all the dinosaurs are just out in the world chilling. Uh, guys, let's just predict it now. Are we actually going to see Top Gun Maverick this year? The Air Force demands it. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I think so. There was a very loud trailer in IMAX before Spider-Man for it. Is so. it even a trailer? It's. I feel like it's just Tom Cruise being like, "Yeah, really great crew, really great planes," and then it ends. <laughs> uh, unpopular opinion. I do not like Top Gun, but if this movie does good, it gets us closer to the Iron Eagle reboot I've been looking forward to. So. Yeah. Oh, you got to root for that then. Everybody go yeah, see exactly. Top Gun Maverick. We're getting Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Uh, as Tyler mentioned before, we're getting Jackass Forever. We're getting Minions, The Rise of Gru, which every everybody on Facebook has been pining for. <laughs> Matt, were you still working at Hot Topic when we got all the merchandise for that in? No, I don't think so. Okay, yeah, I think it was 
two years ago. We got all the merchandise in for that, and then the movie was delayed two years at that point. It was insane. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and pe- were people even buying it? I can't. Uh, it, it over When it went on clearance, we eventually got rid of it. We're getting Mission Impossible 7, getting Halloween Ends, Creed yeah. 3, as Joey mentioned, Avatar 2. We're getting Legally Blonde 3. <laughs> Which uh, I don't know if we need a legally blonde too, but we'll we'll see. Well, this is technically the fourth legally blonde movie in the saga. So. Oh, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> we're getting John Wick Chapter Four. Um, I'm sure that'll be a reliably good time. Hocus Pocus Two. I've never seen yeah. Hocus Pocus. I know it gets like a ton of love. Maybe I'll watch it one day, but I've never seen it. Never seen it either. No. Uh, and Knives Out too, which I think will be good. What about Bullet Train? Isn't that supposed to come out this year too? Speaking of John I, Wick, I have a, a miscellaneous list of about fifty long that I'm about to read to you. <laughs> can Money I, plane. Money can plane. I just bring up one movie you mentioned? Yes. What are the stunts going to be for Mission Impossible Seven? What, what haven't they done? Cruise will find a way. I trust in Cruise. As long as it's not a car hanging from a grappling hook from a helicopter going across a big canyon. Was that, that the, the that's fast? That's been done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here's, here's some miscellaneous that we're going to get. Getting Moonfall, Roland Emmerich. Everything, everywhere, all at once. The unbearable weight of massive talent. Super Pets. Uh, the Baz Luhrmann Elvis movie. Here's one that I didn't know if I wanted to include, but I want to. I don't want to read the description to you guys. This is Shotgun <laughs> Wedding. This is starring J Lo and Josh Duhamel, so you know it's good. <laughs> J Lo's getting married a lot this year. <laughs> yeah. Well, Marry Me is still number one. Here is the description: <laughs> A couple's extravagant destination wedding is hijacked by criminals. In the process of saving their lives, they rediscover why they fell in love in the first place. So you're not even married yet, and you have to remind each other why you love each other? Under the threat of gunpoint. (laughs) Yeah, this is, it doesn't seem like a solid relationship. Uh, As Matt mentioned, we're getting Bullet Train. We're getting uh, Where the Crawdads Sing, which was the the book, book club of the month pick for every single book club I've ever heard of in the last two years. We're getting The Man from Toronto, the world's deadliest assassin, and New York's biggest screw-up are mistaken for each other at an Airbnb rental. Whoa! So wet. does it actually say Airbnb in the description? Unless I copied and pasted this wrong from the internet. Then it actually yeah, says it Burbo. <laughs> oh. Where are you guys out on Kevin Hart? I hate Kevin Hart yeah. so much. I'm I'm indifferent. I just don't care. All right, that's I won't be seeing you guys at the man from Toronto. We're getting beast with Idris Elba, a father and his two teenage daughters find themselves hunted by a massive rogue lion, intent on proving that the savanna has but one apex predator. As opposed to Idris Elba. I, I hope that there's going to be a scene where the lions, the other lions hold this one back and they're like, nah, man, don't do it. And he's like, nah, I'm a rogue. Like, why is there a rogue lion? Rogue. Yeah, I feel like it's doing what a lion does. It's like going rogue. Silly. We're getting Samaritan. This is with Sly Stallone. This is about him being a superhero who's coming back. Uh, we're getting Distant with Anthony Ramos. It's about an asteroid miner who has to make his way across an alien planet. I think that could be interesting. 
The Woman King. This is a Gina Prince Spythewood movie, historical epic about the true events that happened in the Kingdom of Dahomey, one of the most powerful states in Africa in the 18th and 19th centuries. So cool historical epic. I feel like we're not getting as many historical epics lately, so that one could definitely be cool. And guys, here's one that just seems like something that I didn't know was ever going to happen again. This is Ticket to Paradise. This stars Julia Roberts and George Clooney. It, it just If that doesn't scream early 2000s or late 90s to you, I don't know what does. Uh, but this is about a divorced couple that teams up and travels to Bali to stop their daughter from making the same mistake they made 25 years ago. I don't know what that mistake is, but we'll find out. Ticket to Paradise sounds like an Eddie Money cover band. (laughs) You have to have at least two tickets to Paradise to be an Eddie Money cover band. That's why it's a cover band. It's not Eddie Money. It's it's just one ticket. Uh, We're getting a new David O. Russell movie. Uh, Very few details about that, but we are. We're getting She Said. This is a a movie about... uh, It's based on the book by Jody Cantor and Megan Tuhi, who... um, where reporters that unveiled the Harvey Weinstein scandal. This will be by Maria Schrader. Guys, we're getting The Fablemans, which just seems destined to be best picture. This is a movie directed by Steven Spielberg based on his childhood. And here's the cast. Michelle Williams. Okay, okay. Paul Dano. All right. Seth Rogen. You ever put in Steven Spielberg and Seth Rogen together? Yikes. I mean, you can't... For me, Steven Spielberg is much like a James Cameron, where it's hard to... I mean, not that everything he's done has been a hit, but it's it's hard to bet against him, because he's definitely had more hits than misses. So yeah. I'm pretty open-minded to that. Especially after seeing the last West Side Story, which I didn't expect mm-hmm. to like as much as I did. Yeah, I like Seth Rogen, and I really love to see actors in new lights. In fact, he was very good in um in Steve Jobs' movie from several years ago, so... Hey, if Spielberg trusts them, I trust them too. I want to dance with somebody. This is Cassie Lemons' Whitney Houston biopic. Cassie Lemons, who directed Eve's Bayou, which you haven't, if you haven't seen that movie, go check that out. Guys, we're getting, we're play a little game. We're getting two Pinocchio projects this year. One from Guillermo del Toro and one from Robert Zemeckis. Which one is going to be better? I'm 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 on Guillermo on this one, even though Nightmare Alley was underwhelming i'm gonna go with guillermo also i just think he's got a better he's got more left in the tank at this point Mm, fair are they both supposed to be horror style things i don't i think they're both gonna be horror but only guillermo's was meant to be horror (laughs) so so zemeckis is the wild card here you know how unintentionally terrifying did he make yeah and i don't know if if the zemeckis is going to be motion capture which if it is, then it will be a horror movie. Uh, we're getting a Cleopatra movie by Carrie Scoglin starring Gal Gadot, Tyler Ooh. Sykes for that one. Uh, we're getting a new J-Law and Brian Tyree Henry movie, Red, White, and Water. Bones and All, this is a new Luca Guadagnino movie. This is about, I think, a young woman who anytime anybody gets close to her, she just eats them. Which, and you know, buy it a nickel for every time that happened. Yeah. <laughs> Getting a new Bombach movie, Noah Bombach, uh, White Noise. This is based on the Don DeLillo novel. 
A movie that I was going to put on my list, Asteroid City. This is Wes Anderson's follow-up to The French Dispatch. This should be on my list because Wes Anderson is one of my top directors of all time. But I, I don't know. I hate saying this, but I haven't liked his last couple of movies. I think they've both been really beautiful in his signature style, but I haven't really liked the writing. So I'm less excited for this one than I, I should be. Uh, a new George Miller movie. 3,000 Years of Longing, maybe getting Next Goal Wins, another Taika Waititi movie. That would be cool. Uh, the Son, this is the new Florian Zeller movie after The Father. We're getting a new Martin McDonough movie um, in Bruges, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri director. This is called The Banshees of Inisherin. This is starring Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson. It's about two friends whose lives are changed when one of them ends their relationship. Interesting. We're getting a That's new... just in Bruges. This it's, is it's in the Bruges. same cast and similar plot. Well, he just didn't want to do the thing where he names the reboot the exact same thing as <laughs> as the original. He didn't want a Texas Chainsaw or a Halloween or whatever we were Scream. talking Scream. about last week. Yeah, Scream. Let's just name it the same exact thing. Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street. They did it for them all. Yeah. Yes, they did. Uh, we're getting a new Inirito movie called Bardo. We're getting a Boston Strangler movie with Kira Knightley. I is she the Boston Strangler? She might be. She might be the real one. You never know. <laughs> uh, Tyler, you mentioned Disappointment Boulevard, and we're also getting Apollo Ten and a Half by Richard Linklater. Um, Richard Linklater, one who I'm I'm always interested in. And apparently he's using some of his signature animation in this. So we'll see. But that's 2022. We're going to take a short break now. We're going to be back with our review of the first release of this year, The 355. Has this ever happened to you? You're in bed, drifting off, and suddenly think, Who would win in a tug-of-war match between Superboy and Merlin? Did Marvel ever try to make a long-haul trucker into a superhero? How would it work out if I named my dog after a D-list supervillain? The answers in order are Merlin. Yes. And amazing. I'm Jessica. And I'm Mike. And we host the podcast Ten Cent Takes, a show that looks at weird, silly, and cool moments from comics and how they're woven into the larger fabric of history. Moments like the time Superman shilled for Radio Shack. When Archie got tempted by the devil. Oh, and then there was that time that DC Comics gave a superhero AIDS in an effort to be topical. It's always weird around here, but we'd like to think it's also interesting. So come with us and commit random acts of pop culture archaeology, one issue at a time. If you'd like to learn more, head over to TenCentTakes.com. All right, we're back talking about the 355. This is about five agents from international organizations who must band together to retrieve an advanced technological weapon. This is directed by Simon Kinberg, written by Kinberg, and Teresa Rebeck, who did the story. Chastain reportedly proposed the idea to Kinberg while they were filming Dark Phoenix, which was maybe a bad sign <laughs> as to this movie. Um, but Did the conversation go like, hey, this movie's bad. You want to make it even worse? <laughs> yeah. in, the, in this defense, and we'll talk about it, obviously, I think Dark Phoenix is worse than this. Maybe because I love the X-Men so much. But, Joey, kick us off. What are your general thoughts on the 355? Uh, this movie's ass. <laughs> That's my general thought of this movie. No, I, I had literally the worst movie-going experience going to see this movie. 
um, after the thrill and amazement of going to see Spider-Man and IMAX opening night with a rabid crowd that was uh, at times riot levels of, of cheering. Um, and I mentioned this on our show, I, I do need to see it again because I missed a ton of dialogue. Uh, yeah, you know, it's definitely worth Andrew, seeing again. Yeah, Andrew walks through a portal. I have no idea what he said <laughs> for five minutes. Uh, so I, I do need to see it again. That was a great experience. I had a great time. So I went to see this. Uh, I went by myself because nobody else wanted to see it. Um, and I was excited because I'm the only person in the movie theater. It's the only person there. And it was great. Just me and Maria Menounos hanging out. And then <laughs> right after the previews, like in between the previews, the movies, like just starting, people, like four or five people came in. And I, uh. I was disgusted. I was disgusted. I feel like the movies is like a sacred place. And you should have enough respect to sit and watch the previews and the Cinemark commercial and all the other stuff. And they just walked in. They sat down. They were loud. They were making noise. Like, oh, Jesus Christ. And then one of the people in this group, they were reading all the subtitles out loud for the whole movie. Oh. I was like, Jesus Christ. So it did not help. But the movie is is, is terrible. Um it is not well made at all. Um, it's embarrassing to see some of these actresses slumming. Uh, the action is shot so bad that I thought they might have needed to stop filming and check if Simon Kinberg was having a seizure at times. Um, it, it, it's just it's an embarrassment. It's not very good, but things that could have saved it are completely missed. It, it, it could have at least made itself into a two and a half out of five at some point. It just never gets over that hump to be that good. And that's that's sad to say this could have been average, but it couldn't get there. So just an utter disappointment on every level. Mm. Matt, what did you think? Um, I, I was definitely disappointed in it. Um, I uh, Although my, my uh, theater-going experience sounds like it was a little more pleasant. The theater experience was pleasant, but the fact that I saw it at... Um, at the movie theater at the casino and then proceeded to lose $150 after, um, after being up like 300 on slots, but not knowing when to quit. Um, that kind of soured my experience in the movie. And I I will admit that wasn't the movie's fault, but (laughs) it's too bad. You couldn't get up to three, five, five. I I was at three, six, five. I was pretty close. I you know what? That's a good point. I should have stopped at three, five, five. That was a sign. (laughs) Just like they should have stopped when they got to the 355. Just yeah. the concept of me. The title page, yeah. That's right. I don't know. I feel like... Uh, I'm, I'm actually... I'm genuinely shocked that this many talented actresses signed on to this and thought that this was a good idea. Because, I mean, the performances themselves were pretty good. I thought... For what... For, I, I thought they were okay for what they were given. I mean, it, it's sort of like trying to polish a turd. You know, you can only you can't really do it. You can't really polish a turd, but you, they were trying. They were really trying. Um, I was, yeah, I was not. The more I think about it, the less I like it. Like I walked out of there thinking, oh, I mean, it was not great, but it wasn't the worst. But then the more I think about it, the the worse it gets. So I just I'm. I'm not going to think about this by the... I was going to say I'm not even going to remember this a year from now. I'm probably not going to remember this like three months from now as we start getting into some more of these newer, hopefully better releases of 2022. Tyler, what about you? 
So I got to bring up my theater experience, just because, you know, everyone else's. It was awesome. Best time I ever went to the movies. There were about six people in my showing, and there was a guy at the end of the aisle I was in, just on his laptop with papers, like, all around him in the seats, like, working from home at the theater. <laughs> that should have been my first indication oh, of the quality of this movie. But uh, I, I feel like this movie was pitched, which I feel like so many movies nowadays are pitched this way. And it's like, what if a woman had guns? <laughs> like, that is the, they, they didn't get any further than that. And I got no problem with that. I, I'm great. I, I, I mean, I, I'd love to see some of this. Um, one of the things I'm excited for is Ana de Armas in the John Wick spinoff series. But you got to give them substance. You can't just stop there and then just be like, it's the most generic action movie. But the cast is women, so well, that's fine. That's 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 kind of my thought on it. I mean, I'm speaking to a disadvantage here because I'm not a woman. But if this movie was supposed to be like a feminist statement, it's really doing a disservice. Like, a feminist action movie deserves so, a much better script, a much better experience than this. There's a line in the movie where I rolled my eyes so hard that they almost popped out, and that's when he's like, you got beat by girls. <laughs> like, these, are like, these are dudes that are, like, committing murder. Like, how did you get beat by girls? Girls like, get it done. <laughs> oh, boy. I I really wanted to like this movie, and I don't hate it. Uh, it has some good elements that don't reach their potential because the material around them isn't very good. For instance, there's a scene where Jessica Chastain, Lupita Nyong'o, Penelope Cruz, and Diane Kruger are all sitting around a table telling stories and making jokes, and the scene just really isn't that fun or interesting. Like, the the best they could come up with is that some guy had contraband up his butt. I, I don't... Like, I, just come on with this material. Uh, there are a lot of things in here that are like, would have been fine on their own, but the movie is like too dull to leave for those to leave a lasting impression. Characters that could have been good. The performances, I think, are decent. Um, the action is all right. There's a lot of gun pointing, which is one of my least favorite things in movies. Stop just pointing guns and doing nothing with it. It annoys the crap out of me. If I see a gun on screen, I want somebody to be shooting. Like I'm tired of this pointing and threatening, especially the scene where they're like counting down, <laughs> and then Lupita Nyong was like one, and that's like the signal for them to to put down the guns. Apparently, I, I couldn't do it. The script should have been much better. I ultimately am rooting for this movie because I love everybody in it, and I want to see more movies like this. But this this version isn't isn't doing uh, any favors for any future movies. I disagree with you there. I do love all the people in this for the most part, and I don't want them to make any more movies like this. <laughs> well, not of this quality. <laughs> like, they literally just, just had the, they're like, let's, they had a checklist of everything they've seen in an action movie, and they're like, we're just gonna go down the line and check it off, you know? We got the, we got the device they have to go get, you know, that can do bad yeah, things. because computers. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Technology bad. Yeah. 
So <laughs> and no, so like I I <laughs> I have nothing wrong with them making this movie if they had any substance behind it, like a decent story. I would have loved to see this cast in a good movie of this. But stop making throwing people into these like getting these good actresses and being like they're a badass woman, and that's that's the end of the story making process. <laughs> I um, I just want to point out um. Before we get to spoilers, I did I did promise another one other podcast because uh, they they also over over at the Rec League podcast spelled W R E C K, um, they um they gave us a statement because they also saw the three five five this weekend. Poor souls. My condolences. Um, but their take it was the good performance from all five leads. Everything else around them they thought was sloppy, lazy, and predictable. Which it sounds like it's pretty resound you know pretty echoing what we're all saying so far. Overall, just disappointing. I disagree with the good performances. Yeah, I I was going to say, I disagree with that as well. Like, they were just reading generic lines that, like, oh, do you want to do this the hard way or the easy way? (laughs) Fan (laughs) Bin Bing looked like she was asleep for half the movie. (laughs) She's Um, not into this movie at all. (laughs) Yeah, they didn't give her much to do. in In my notes, I wrote, oh, there's a couple of cool match cuts, which shows you. Shows you how far I was reaching to. Well, she was she was having a good action scene um, when she was fighting in the apartment at the end of the movie, but the camera certainly wasn't letting you see it. So the glimpses yeah. you got, if you shook your head real fast, uh, the glimpses you could get of it were really great. But they really uh, didn't let her do much. I'm gonna talk about it later when we get to that scene. But there's one scene in that apartment scene involving her that I almost laughed out loud at <laughs> in the middle of the theater, and I'll explain that <laughs> yeah, later when we get. To Once it. we get into spoilers, I can't wait. Yeah, I. So everyone else described their theater experience. Mine was pretty calm, but I went on like the Thursday night premiere. This is the first night that anybody in the world, besides the people who made it, can see this movie, and. There were four people total in the theater, including me. And I. this was a, at a theater that is not the busiest in the world, but still, four people in your theater for the first showing of this movie. Not good. As it stands right now, this has made less than $5 million. I, As somebody who's rooting for this, it's making me sad, but I think it's time. Safe to say that we're all giving this a thumbs down, yes. If you've seen any action movie ever, you've seen this movie, so yeah, you don't need to see it. <laughs> and if you've seen any action movie better, it was probably better than this movie. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. All right, let's move to spoilers now. So, Spoiler warning. If you have not seen the following movie, please go watch that movie and come back or accept the consequences. The beginning of this movie starts with these different criminal organizations fighting over this weapon that like gives you control over all technology like like Cre- created by a a cartel's teenage son. Yeah. As, so as, they, laptop. as an IT professional like, I was insulted. You really could have just like played a game of watchdogs and it would have been a more interactive version of this. Uh, we have Edgar Ramirez, uh, who is, excuse me, playing Luis Rojas, who captures it. There's this whole, there's all this complicated stuff going on. I thought it would be less interesting if we go through the plot and maybe a little more interesting if we go through the characters, since this is like how this was so marketed. Um, can I, can I bring ahead. up a plot point, though? 
the the main bad guy who I don't even know what his name was. Yeah, he is <laughs> important. He he shoots the, the kid to get and then doesn't pick up the device. So he ends up not even getting the device. Yeah, I, or there was like one point where the the head of the white organization was like reaching like a five year old for the device, and a guy's like holding him back. And I'm like, this is the worst worst choreography. I, stop. Uh, we have Jessica Chastain as Mace Brown, who's part of the CIA. It sounds worse when you say it like that. I thought, I thought Mace was her <laughs> last name the whole time. Did they give her a last name? I don't remember them ever saying anything other than Mace. This is from my internet research. <laughs> uh, she's part of the CIA. She is lonely, and by lonely I mean she only has one relationship in the entire world, and that is with Nick Fowler who is played by Sebastian Stan, they have a really uncomfortable love scene that I just wanted to end <laughs> yes. as soon as possible. And then he dies, like, early on. And <laughs> I had forgotten... So, like, later on, it's revealed that he's not dead, obviously, but I had forgotten that they said that he was dead in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably because Sebastian Stan just did not act like he was in a movie. <laughs> he's just... <laughs> I think he just showed up to feel up uh, Jessica Chastain and call it a day. Uh, I knew he wasn't dead, like, right away. I mean, yeah. No, he's not dead. They don't show him get shot. They don't show a body anything. They just pull away around a corner. Uh, like, he's not dead. I, I, was just, I wanted to scream at the screen, have you never seen a movie before? He's not dead. Yeah. He definitely negotiated that. He's like, can you just, like, kill me off and I'll come back later? <laughs> Yeah, he had scheduling conflicts with something else they had to take him this, out. Because that, that made me think of Home Sweet Home Alone, because I called the oh, fact no. that he wasn't dead so early on. Same with, I called the twist and I mean, the quote-unquote <laughs> twist in Home Sweet Home Alone, like, at 20 minutes Did in. Did anyone think he was dead, though? Was there anyone in the theater? I was like, oh, shit. I didn't realize that he had died, so there, I... There really wasn't anyone in the theater, that's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> Uh, I noticed in the CIA scenes, and I'm sure this is maybe true to real life, but it made me think of it. Everyone just wearing like a shade of black or blue. And I'm thinking, if you work at the CIA and you just walk in one day wearing a bright red suit, are you going to get disciplined? Is someone going to talk to you about that? You just act, get murdered on the That's right. Come on, add a little color. Uh, we have Lupito Nyong'o as Kadia Adieme who's a former MI6 agent and a computer specialist. At one point, Chastain says to her, you're the best in the world at what you do. And I always think in every one of these movies, they always recruit the best in the world. You never see the fourth best computer hacker in the world. They're like, the other three weren't available, but fourth best is still pretty friggin' good. Yeah, fourth best is good enough. Yeah. We can deal with that. You're still like... One of the best in the world, yeah. Yeah, no, no one's on a budget, and it's like, oh, we couldn't afford the best in the world, but you're the best we could afford. <laughs> yeah. What was it when she met her at school? I, I, there is a scene, and I cannot. And the movie sucks so bad, I can't even remember what the context of it was. But it was um, Jessica Chastain, I think Lupita Nyong'o, and one other person are standing in a circle talking, and the camera is just spinning around. Yeah. Oh yeah, like you're right. The fucking Force Awakens. <laughs> But, like, nothing was happening that, no. like, 
required that's... the camera to be flying around on a drone around them. I'm like, what is what is this fucking movie right what now? What I found great about that scene is she just, like, in the last scene, she's like, I have no friends other than you. And then she's like, oh, I have this friend who's the best computer hacker yeah. in the that's world. Right. I'm going to go right. recruit her. <laughs> I think... <laughs> I think they moved the camera because of your point. They knew nothing was going on in the That's scene, right. so they're like, oh, let's just move this thing. Dynamic. People... Wee! Right. Yeah. Uh, for all our fashion fans out there, Lupita Nyong'o was wearing this Paisley-esque suit with alligator heels, and yeah, that was the look of the movie. That was the silver lining for this she's one. She's gorgeous. She's a fantastic actress. She must have been looking for a paycheck. Perhaps. <laughs> Hampshire uh, College's own. Yeah, Hampshire <laughs> College's own. Private school ain't cheap, you know. You can replace her and Ken Burns in any of the roles, and you, you can never <laughs> tell who's who. We have Penelope Cruz as Graciela Rivera, a psychologist and a, a DNI agent. I thought she was maybe the best in the movie. She kind of embodied the fish out of water thing. Um, I thought it was a nice, or at least an attempt at a nice touch that she tried to like get them to do some stuff like not through violence, um, which I don't know why, because they were the swiftest killers in the entire world. They're in Morocco at one point, just like killing people left and right, and nobody <laughs> yeah, is noticing. No one, no one's looking. They're shooting into the sky, yeah. like at people on roofs, and I'm people just are just falling. walking by. Just, there's one point they're, where they they hide a cadaver just like under a blanket. What, now some person blanket. like is gonna open that and be like, "What the hell?" Yeah, they don't see the blood dripping down. But that went on way too long. They're like, "Oh, there's another person." <laughs> I thought that my favorite part of that scene was when they go into the men's only club and like those guys are like, hey, the club rules are men's only and they just start beating the crap. (laughs) See, those guys just work there. Yeah, they're just food on the table. I thought those were the three that they were after at first, but then they kept chasing the other guys. (laughs) I thought they were just like people working at that place that are like, hey, this is sorry, these are the rules. No, they were. No, they were. They were. Uh, we have Diane Kruger as Marie Schmidt. Again, to your guys' point, I don't know if I ever would have known her last name was Schmidt, but she is a BND agent in Germany. She is also a loner, and that's about it. <laughs> They're just all versions of each other, but they speak a different language. Yeah. <laughs> they say that specifically in the movie. Yeah. Like, it's like a line. They're like, we're all different, but we're the same. That's right. Yeah, she. I thought she was fine. I like Diane Kruger, and it was all right. She has this odd relationship with her boss. I don't know what that was about, but I didn't need it. It's just funny to me that these people are, like, killing people left and right, and she's like, I kill people. I'm bad. (laughs) Like, you just saw everyone just, every one of the team just shooting people, and she's like, I killed people. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, we, We have Fan Bing Bing, who... Is a very good actress as Lin Mi Sheng, who is a, an MSS agent. She kind of just comes in, and when she, she kills, appears. yeah, when she kills the CIA guy, can you guys explain it to me? Why did she have to do that? Because isn't she working like kind of with the CIA to protect the world? So he was he was selling the thing. Yeah, he was He's evil. the one He's who the brought one the planes down. Planes. That's what yeah. I thought, but I couldn't confirm that when I was watching the movie. <laughs> Also, it's weird that they set it up that way. It just spoiled who she was in the trailers. Yeah. Like, you set it <laughs> up right. like she was the villain. But we already knew from the trailers that she was working yeah. with them. 
Also, in that beginning scene where they they have the handoff with Edgar Ramirez, these are like the most trained spies in the world, and because someone spills a drink on you, you're like all out of sorts. Oh, oh, oh yeah. You're slipping I, I, on the ground. I like how they're trained spies, yet she immediately pulls her gun and just starts shooting into a crowd <laughs> in the middle right. of Paris. Yeah. She's running around the subway with a gun out. <laughs> Her plan was to go to the drop wearing heels. <laughs> Actually, that is one thing I, I, I noticed is Jessica Chastain had a lot of scenes where she's running in heels. Like, half her scenes are her running in heels. And yeah. props to her if she actually she's did that. like, take that, Jurassic World. <laughs> <laughs> there, was, there was one point where she there, they're in the shipyard. She climbs up on one of the shipping containers. And you see that she has boots on that are not made for any sort of athletic uh, use. And, I was just like, come on. She's been running for 15 minutes in those fucking boots. Come on. Yeah. This is ridiculous. And to your point, at the shipyard, I wanted a lot more fish spilling. There was a, a, a one one shot of fish spilling over. I needed much more of that, especially when they're in that freezer room and there's oh all this God. space for cool equipment. Come on. Have some that fight. Why was the there freezer. just a knife on the ground? <laughs> that that yeah. fight went on forever. It was soap and the, the worst part about it is, is this the action is so poorly shot that you just want the scene to end because you don't even know what the fuck's happening while you're watching it the camera's just shaking all over the place um it, and it just went on and on and on and on i'm like oh my god get out of the freezer already it was it was, it was bad it was bad Oof. Also, they just wore wigs at points, even though no one in the scene would know who they are. So yep. There's no reason for them to be wearing a wig. They just like had a very expensive wig budget, apparently. Then the hair colors just changed every scene. Sometimes you just want to wear a wig. I don't know they're why spies. you can't accept that. Yeah, that's yeah, that's it. They're spies. Uh, there was the lights, the lights flashing fight scene. I guess that could have been interesting in a more Which interesting we've, we've movie. We've now seen in Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City, and the oh. the, the Batman trailer. So I mean, no, I, yeah, I'm sick of the lights flashing. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm all good. <laughs> oh, you can see what's happening every like other frame. <laughs> Best use of lights flashing is in Flashdance when yeah. they're dancing. I love Flashdance. Uh, much better than this. There, we have the hostage scene where they just line up every loved one. Of each of these five women. And this is this is the only scene I give this movie props. I didn't think they'd actually do yeah, anything. They went there, right? Yeah. They, they, they went there. I will give them credit for that. I wasn't expecting that. I was impressed by that. They kill who Lupita's boyfriend, right? Yep. They kill uh, Kruger's boss dad kind of guy. <laughs> yep. I didn't care about him. Um, was that it? Anybody else? Yeah, they did not kill um, Penelope Cruz's family. Yeah. Oh, and they killed um, uh, Fan Bibbing's dad. Oh, that's father, right. right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That was her father. I just <laughs> that was some random. Yeah, dude that was like a thrown away <laughs> line where she's like, "Okay, Dad, it's ready." Yeah. <laughs> but you know what I found interesting was like the the Diane Kruger one. Like she literally just the last time she talked to this guy, he was like, "Hey, I'm reporting you to the government." Like, they're coming to get you, and she's like, ah, oh, I hate you. And then <laughs> that's the next scene we see, and we're supposed to have an impact emotionally. Right. And, well, we get her story of, like, her, oh, I don't even remember now, I'm sorry. Her, her dad was selling secrets to the Russians. Um, oh, right. She was the one that caught him and turned him in. Yeah. That... But she must pay for the sins of having his name, and everyone mistrusts her. 
That was unfortunate. Uh, another action trope I don't need. They find like an arsenal room, and we get shots of them. I don't. I don't need packing guns anymore. I understand it. You saw the guns. You're gonna take the guns. I don't need you yep. putting them into bags. Enough. <laughs> and there are like thirty shots of just stuffing a bag with various guns. Yep. It wasn't even cool or done for Keech, like uh, Commando or something. It was yeah. just them shoving guns into bags. Like, thanks, and they guys. also use like two guns each. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it's just a whole bag they just left in the room. Yeah. After that, we get the kind of final fight, the final gunfight. It was, it was all right. Um, I knew that. Well, because oh Kruger gets the device, right? I got it. And I, you knew that she was going to be shot. You knew it. Except I, from a mile away. Yeah. I want to know why they didn't destroy no... it sooner, though, if it was so dangerous. Like, before they even I, gave it I to the know. CIA guy, why didn't they just destroy it? Because the movie would have been over. Yeah, it would have ended. <laughs> she gets it, and then she's shot, and then um, Nick Fowler gets it, and then he's shot. Which by that, that was also I could see that coming from a mile away. I knew exactly what was going to happen. <laughs> well, speaking of knowing what's going to happen, we get after the final fight, we get the final confrontation when Nick Fowler's chilling in his pad, and Mace Mace Brown comes to confront him. She doesn't take ice in her drink, and then I knew that the ice was going to be the poison. <laughs> And it was, here, here's the thing, this is what really bothered me about this scene, is that all the women come out after he's poisoned to shows that they are united, one is a front, two major things that really just, just got me with this. One is that the whole time in this movie, Penelope Cruz has been pining to get back to her family. You're going to get home to them and then come back internationally take the time just to walk into the room as she's like dissing this guy I, it was three months you know there's enough time for family three months later I, it was ridiculous two she says she has a team that's coming to get him the team doesn't show up for an hour I don't know where this team is and then three she goes I'm not alone anymore and then they all leave <laughs> two seconds yeah, later, okay, and they go their separate ways afterward. You forgot the uh, you forgot the awkward com, com, um, conversation where she's like, "Let me tell you what the three five five one is." They're like, "We forgot to explain why this movie's called this." <laughs> right. so yeah, just let you know. Joey, He's thank just, you. Like looking for more poison to take while she's talking. Yeah. Like, <laughs> thank you for bringing that up because I'm. Perhaps, I'm sure it's a small factor, but part of the reason this movie might not be doing well, besides its quality, is the 355 is a bad title. Like, what is that? The 355. I understand they explain it towards the very end of the movie and in the trailer a little bit, but I, no, not, not doing it for so me. So, I, I thought this movie was going to end like three times before it actually did. Yeah, it definitely, definitely felt like it had multiple endings that we yeah missed. like when when sebastian stan's character first got shot and he died or we thought he died and then they're like he has a pulse i thought they were going to cut it there i would have been like okay that's fine but then they kept going with him being the leader of the cia now and i'm like oh okay you know what a twist you know you know that sucks Oh no! There was wasn't it in between there where he went and met the generic bad guy at his house. Oh, oh yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. The, the, the bad guy we forgot was even in. The movie. <laughs> that's right. No, I, hey, this none guy, of us could tell you his name. If you put a he gun to my head, I couldn't tell you that character's name. <laughs> he never had the device that he that we were so worried about. He never once got it. 
I cannot currently visual visualize him in my mind, so... Well, if he didn't shoot the teenage boy that created the most powerful <laughs> electronic device in history uh, in the head, then he could have made a second one. <laughs> the movie would have been over. I'm surprised oh, no one boy. tried to make a copy of it at some point during the movie either, which would have just erased it. That would have been, that would have been a more fun twist than what actually happened. I feel like, they, like the bad guy, like the bad guy gets it, and they're like, okay, now to make copy. Although they did tell him they're making copies of it, wipes it. But even so, like some random person gets it, like, oh, I'm gonna make a copy of this. No, and then yeah, like curb your enthusiasm, this... music kicks in. <laughs> That's funny. This movie didn't start well. It didn't end well because after they leave and they're waiting for this team to come get this guy who's just slowly dying on his couch, they have the most awkward goodbye that I've ever witnessed on film. Three of them say goodbye. Then it's just Chastain and Kruger. Chastain says, you want to go get a drink? Kruger says, no, not really. She's like, yeah, I don't really want to either. And they're like, okay, okay, bye. And then the movie just ends. I just want to highlight something about the the scene where he was poisoned. This is really Hollywood, really not knowing what to do with Asian characters. And they're like, oh, let's have her be the Chinese herbs. Like, you know, she'll be like, ah, <laughs> oh, the Chinese herbs for the tea. This will heal you. And then at the end, she's like, they're Chinese poison. Like, <laughs> like that need it wasn't necessarily at all. Like, that's the only characterization you gave her. Yeah. Any, any final thoughts on the three five five? Not much that hasn't already been don't said. Don't see it. Yeah, don't see it. <laughs> don't it's, see it. it. It's it's terrible. Um, and it's just in the year twenty twenty two, and I think this was supposed to come out in twenty twenty. So I guess we'll we'll be- back it up a couple years. It's just unconscionable to have action scenes as poorly shot. Uh, it, yeah. It, the other thing that drives me insane with this movie is that you could have not cast all of these big actresses in it and instead cast uh, people that could do the action instead of having to hide it with shaky cam for the whole movie, cut the budget by probably a third and maybe had a word of mouth hit hmm. with a really cool action movie with a full female cast. But instead we, yeah. we got this piece of shit <laughs> and it just, it's unconscionable to have action this bad in a movie in this in the year 2022. I can't believe it. It's worse action than Snake Eyes Origins. Oh man, which is yeah, that's wrong. I'm glad, that's wrong. I'm glad I missed it. I, I mean, it didn't even look good, but I'm a huge GI Joe stan, and that movie cut me deep, man. Um, but I, I just I can't believe how bad this movie was. It's just so not good. It's not excrement so it's not like prisoners of the ghost land or uh thunder force or some terrible movie where you just want to die while you're watching it but it's just it's so bleh and it never gets over the hump to be better than that it's so frustrating i, I just hated this movie i hated everything about this movie i i, I want to echo that on the action which it, this is a thing i've hated for action movies for a while now i hate the thing in action movies where it shows a character shooting and then it just cuts to the guys falling yep like that's a, I to compare this to like some of the best action we have is John Wick, where he's like you know multiple shots he's like getting up close shooting them like it's a dynamic fight it's just a steady cam you don't need to keep bouncing between the shooting and the people falling like we know what's happening but I just wanted to bring up that scene I was talking about earlier, um, you see um, uh, the Chinese uh, 
agent. Bing Bing Fan. I forget or what her Fan name. Bing Bing Bing. Yeah, that's her. Char- that's her. But I forget the oh, character. Like, uh, like, I don't know if they even said it. Lin Mei Shing. You see her behind the bar in the middle of a shootout, and she's shooting, and then she ducks, and it cuts to guys three feet away from her with a, a machine gun and a handgun firing at her. <laughs> they somehow missed. Like, they're literally next to her. <laughs> Would you guys rather watch this again or the next roll the dice on the next Bruce Willis project? <laughs> I, I feel like I'd get more entertainment out of the Bruce Willis project. Yeah. It's going to be so yeah. bad that it's unintentionally funny. Yeah, I don't know. yeah. Bruce Willis uh, probably would be my pick, too. Um, even something as god-awful as Cosmic Sin, at least you can laugh at it while you're watching it. This was just excruciating. Yeah. Uh, Bruce Willis, a star that I, I want to be good again. Please, please make something it's never going to happen. I, I looked it up recently. I don't think he's had anything on, on IMDb that's gone over a five in like ten years. He's, he's had a really bad... <laughs> I think Split, maybe, not the... but that's only because he had the cameo at the end. Oh, yeah. This is not the topic of the pod, but are you guys fans of Sin City? Yeah. yeah. I, I'm indifferent towards Sin City. I wasn't a huge fan. I love the first 40 minutes of it, and then I'm tired of it. I think it's riveting in the beginning, and then I'm like, okay, I'm, I've had enough of this. I liked the graphic novels enough for the first one to keep my interest, and, and the second one has a lot of naked Ava Green in it. So oh, that's true. true. Yeah. That's why the Dreamers. Is <laughs> that's right. That's right. I just love Mickey Rourke in it. It's nice to have Mickey Rourke. All right. If you're a person who saw this, then, you know, please talk to us. We know you need it. Uh, you can write to us at silverscreensaverspod at gmail.com. If you like the show, please help us out. Rate and review Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at ScreensaversPod. And our Facebook is Silver Screen Savers Podcast. Joey, where can you and your show be found on the internet? All right. Uh, our main hub is SoWizardPodcast.com, where you'll find the podcast every week. Links to all our social media accounts, all our Patreon, YouTube content, movie reviews, comic reviews, and so much more. It's all going to flow for you right out of SoWizardPodcast.com. Nice. Matt, what about you? You can find me at MattyXSturds, S-T-U-R-D-Z. That's on Instagram, Twitter, and Letterboxd. Tyler. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Tyler Sipkus. I can be found on Instagram and Twitter at Michael underscore Gallet and on Letterboxd at M Gallet. Well, thank you all so much for listening. Thank you so much to Joey for coming on and being an awesome guest. Thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it was an excellent time. We love to have you back. And we will see everybody next time. Peace. Silver Screen Savers podcast was co-created, written, hosted, and produced by Michael Gallet. Tower Sukkis and Matt Sturdivant, with additional editing by Matt Sturdivant, intro music by Charles Michelle via Pixabay, logo design by Nathan Seidel.